Welcome, and thank you for joining us as we pray and reflect on the tender way of Mary, a witness to the dignity of life. From the time Mary was conceived in her mother's womb, she was blessed and holy. Mary was brought to the temple at the tender age of three to be taught the ways of faith, God, and devotion. In these reflections of Mary on experiences from her life and those of her son Jesus, may we learn from her tender way and her blessed insight. In this video, we offer respect life issues that coincide with parts of the gospel being prayed, a reflection of the tender way of Mary as we think she may have reacted in each situation and a connection of her tender way to the life issues of today. Please journey with us as we learn from the warm heart of our Blessed Mother. May we begin with prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, today we come to prayerfully remember the gift you gave us in the Blessed Virgin Mary. She is our Blessed Mother, a model of the holiness in all circumstances. As we reflect on her life experiences, we can be confident that our prayers for life are being heard, are being answered, and being acted upon at this very moment in time. Dearest Jesus, you were raised by Mary, your mother here on earth, and your love for her is undeniable and your love for us radiates from both your sacred heart and your mother's immaculate heart. Holy Spirit, incline our ears to these prayers so that our hearts become wrapped in each other's hearts and we are transformed with compassion and desire for all that is holy, good, and pleasing in God's sight. We pray this in the belief of the Most Holy Trinity, and through the grace of our Blessed Mother, amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Trust in God, a reading from the Gospel of Luke. And coming in, the angel said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and give birth to a son, and you shall name him Jesus. The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. For that reason also the Holy Child will be called Son of God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. I can remember when I was growing up, I would hear the story of Samuel and how he heard a voice calling to him in the night and how when he realized it was God, he finally felt free to say, Here I am, Lord. I always wondered if I would have that kind of devotion and complete trust in God if I was to ever hear God call me. When you love with your soul, 
You love completely without hesitation. The answer isn't just yes, it's yes. I am ready and have been waiting. I am humbled to have been visited by your messenger, my God. Is there a question to what this yes means for my life and the lives of those in our world? Of course. I am unsure of many things and know that this is more far-reaching than I can imagine. But God is calling me, Mary, a poor young woman from Nazareth, and I trust in God's providence. I will follow my Lord to the ends of the earth, knowing that he always leads me. In the challenges we face in our world today, we need God more than ever. And it is comforting to know that he is as present to us as he was to Mary so long ago. Could it be that the noise and the chaos and the busyness in our lives are drowning out the voice of God? Do we have the courage to follow Mary's example, to wait and to listen for God to speak? Our Blessed Mother is as present to us in each moment. She truly does understand the pain, the confusion, and the fear that we are feeling. So let us reach out for Mary's hand and ask her to walk with us, giving us courage to confidently say yes to God's call to honor and to respect the dignity of all. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Teach us your tender way of complete trust in God. Our Lady of Life, pray for us. Poverty and Love of Neighbor, a reading from the Gospel of Luke. Now at this time, Mary set out and went in a hurry to the hill country, to a city of Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. I love my dear cousin Elizabeth, and I can only imagine how she must have felt during her time of fulfillment. She has waited a lifetime for this, and now I must help her. I was looking forward to sharing our stories and being a help to her as she has been to my family. We're both from families that don't have lots of money to pay for the things that we need, so helping her make items needed for her baby will be my gift to her. We need to care for each other, to be ready to serve others. Yet her greeting took me by surprise. I came to give her peace of mind and get prepared 
but she called me and my baby blessed. God, your love is so evident all around me. Mary was so young, but she was also very wise. Her wisdom came through her relationship with the Lord from a life of prayer. Mary knew the value of helping the poor and the vulnerable. We have many people in need in our world today. Some are in need of basic necessities such as food and shelter, while others may be poor spiritually or emotionally and in need of companionship. Some may be experiencing an unexpected pregnancy and wondering if they have what they need to choose life for their baby. God does not intend for us to go through life alone. We have been made for each other. He created us to love and care for one another. One of the greatest gifts we can give to one another is the gift of ourselves. When you and I, when we reach out to someone in need, we may be surprised by the blessings we receive from God in return, just as Mary was. Holy Mary, Mother of God, teach us your tender way of helping the poor and the vulnerable. Mary, Blessed Virgin, pray for us. The Sanctity of Life, a reading from the Gospel of Luke. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. And she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock at night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood near them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. And so the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. Today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. When the angels had departed from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, Lord Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. No room in the inn. I didn't want to hear that, especially feeling the way I was feeling. We had to follow the decree to be enrolled, even if it was a difficult journey. Joseph was so concerned for me, and then to give birth and see my son born in a manger was not the easiest of circumstances. But as soon as I held him in my arms, 
and heard his cry and felt the warmth of his skin and knew all would be well. Life is a gift no matter what the outside circumstances may be. The awe and wonder of the shepherds reflected the awe and wonder in my heart at the sacredness of my son and his life. The very heart of God is revealed in the precious gift of life. You formed my inmost being. You knit me in my mother's womb. Your eyes saw me unformed. In your book all are written down. My days were shaped before one came to be. Psalm 139 tells us. The foundation of all Catholic social teaching is that human life is sacred and that the dignity of the human person is the foundation of a moral vision for society. Every human life has been created in the image and likeness of God. Mary's hopes and dreams for her son were the same as any parent expecting a child. She prayed for her child, Jesus, to be safe and healthy, loved and treated with kindness and compassion all of his life. It doesn't matter where we are born, what we look like, how we were raised, or what we have done. All human life is sacred from the moment of conception until natural death and must be treated as such. Holy Mary, Mother of God, teach us your tender way of protecting the sanctity of life. Blessed Mother, pray for us. Elderly and end of life, a reading from the Gospel of Luke. And when the days for their purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Then he took him in his arms and blessed God and said, Now, Lord, let your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, a light for revelation for the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Presenting our little boy in the temple was a completion of the law. But when I entered, I knew it was much more than that. We saw an older man who came in, and he was very prayerful and close to God. He took Jesus into his arms and held him and looked lovingly and knowingly into his eyes, as if he knew a secret. His gaze reminded me of the love a grandparent has for a newborn grandchild, like the completion of the circle of life. He was waiting for this moment, 
Because of our baby Jesus, this man, Simeon, knew that he could pass from this life in his old age with peace in his heart. Aging and facing the end of our lives are just as sacred as the moment we were born. The dying and the elderly have much wisdom to share and are deserving of our utmost respect. By their lives, they give witness that every moment of our existence is the gift of God and that every season of human life has special treasures to put at the disposal of all, as St. John Paul II tells us. Mary knew this and therefore felt very comfortable in allowing Simeon to hold her infant son, Jesus. And like Simeon, many people live their entire lives by faith in the expectation of seeing Jesus. Did Simeon expect to see his savior in the face of a child? How many elderly and dying people are waiting right now to see the face of Jesus? Will we be that face of Jesus for them? When we learn to trust in God like Mary, we are confident in sharing God's love with whomever is in need. Today and every day, allow others to see Jesus in an unexpected way through you. Jesus has a face in this world. May each of us be that face. Holy Mary, Mother of God, teach us your tender way of respecting and honoring the elderly. Mother of Wisdom, pray for us. Immigration, a reading from the Gospel of Matthew. Now when they had gone, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt, and stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So Joseph got up and took the child and his mother while it was still night and left for Egypt. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to, you, to you, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Of course we need to leave. Let us pack up and get moving. I will do as God directs. Moving to a country I do not know, have no idea what to expect, where we will live, eat, and how long we will remain there is all a mystery to me. But we cannot stay because of the violence that threatens and surrounds us. We must hurry. Joseph is under so much pressure to provide for us and keep us safe. And Jesus is crying as he didn't want to be woken up in the middle of the night for a long journey to who knows where. Millions of people all over the world are forced to leave their homes due to economic conditions threats of war and violence, and for the hope and opportunity of a better life for their children. They don't know what to expect as they travel, 
but they live in faith and hope that God will provide for them. Many times immigrants reach their destination to find closed doors and barriers. They find cruelty and lack of compassion and more. They're told to go back. They're not welcome. No doubt that Mary and Joseph had these fears too as they traveled to Egypt. But they continued on their journey as God had told them to do so. God is speaking to us today and reminding us of the dignity of all human persons. How will we respond to Christ's call for us to welcome the stranger among us? For in this encounter with the immigrant, the migrant, and the refugee in our midst, we encounter Christ. Holy Mary, Mother of God, teach us your tender way to welcome immigrants. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. Human Trafficking, a reading from the Gospel of Luke. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up there according to the custom of the feast. And as they were returning after spending the full number of days required, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents were unaware of it. Instead, they thought he was somewhere in the caravan, and they were a day's journey, and then they began looking for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. Then after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. When Joseph and Mary saw him, they were bewildered. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to, to you, Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. I couldn't find my son. Joseph couldn't find him. We thought he was with our relatives and friends in the traveling group, but no. He was nowhere to be found. My heart was racing. I kept going back through the group and searching and asking. It was as if he had disappeared. Did someone take him? Authorities have been looking for him. Did he get lost? What if someone has him and wants to hurt him or force him into labor? Will I ever see him again? How do we retrace all of our steps to find him? What is he eating? Where is he sleeping? Who is taking care of this young boy? He is my purpose. How could this happen? The fear and concern are welling up inside, and I know I must give it to God and trust, but my child is gone. When we finally found him, after a very long three days, I could not stop hugging him. Every parent knows and has experienced the, that instantaneous 
feeling of terror when their child has wandered from their sight. For most parents, the terror is fleeting. It disappears once they see their child again. This was the experience of Mary and Joseph when they discovered that Jesus wasn't with them and they had no idea of where he was or what had happened to him. However, for some parents, the terror continues for a very long time, sometimes forever. Every year, millions of men, women, and children fall into the hands of traffickers in their own countries and abroad. Human trafficking appears in many guises, often taking the form of commercial sexual exploitation, the prostitution of minors, debt bondage, and involuntary servitude. In particular, the sexual exploitation of women and children is a particularly repugnant aspect of this trade and must be recognized as an intrinsic viola violation of human dignity and human rights. It robs people of their true identity. It treats people not as a human person with rights on an equal basis with others, but as an object to be exploited. We must work together, church, state, and community, to eliminate the root causes and markets that permit traffickers to flourish, to make whole the survivors of this crime, and to ensure that one day soon trafficking of human persons vanishes from the face of the earth. Holy Mary, Mother of God, teach us your tender way of protecting those at risk from human trafficking. Mary, helper of all in danger, pray for us. Racism. A reading from the Gospel of John. The next day he decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip. And Jesus said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses wrote in the law, and the prophets also wrote. Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good be from Nazareth? And Philip said to him, Come and see. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Yes, Nazareth. Can anything good be from Nazareth? When I heard that Nathanael had said this, I thought how sad that anyone would believe that Nazareth is a poor, little out-of-the-way village and nothing happens there. Nothing good comes out of the families from there and that we basically just exist. Sometimes people judge others not by who they are in God, but instead by what and who they know or where they grew up, how much money they have, how they speak and act or what is their race, culture, or religion. So many people with so many prejudices, people identifying with, re 
regions, and areas, rather than looking at the heart of each person they meet, looking into their soul and their spirit. My son looks into the hearts of everyone he meets. It was obvious that Jesus saw something and something holy in Nathaniel. For even after that comment, he accepted him and loved him, as if he was the only person in the world. That is how Jesus taught us all how to love, like him. Racism. This one small word carries so much meaning, history, and pain. Human beings have been judging one another almost since the moment God created us in his image. Racism affects people from every culture. Racism arises when either consciously or unconsciously a person holds that his or her own race or ethnicity is superior and therefore judges persons of other races or ethnicities as inferior and unworthy of equal regard. Racism profoundly affects our culture and it has no place in the Christian heart. This evil causes great harm to its victims and it corrupts the souls of those who harbor racist or prejudicial thoughts. Racist racist acts are sinful because they violate justice. They reveal a failure to acknowledge the human dignity of the persons offended and to recognize them as as their neighbors. Christ calls us to love. And racism comes in many forms, violence against others or discrimination. It can be institutional leading to social structures of injustice, but it also comes in the form of the sin of omission. When individuals or communities and even churches remain silent and and fail to act against racial injustice when it is encountered. Protecting the dignity of human life is intentionally looking for the good in the other persons, as Jesus did, seeing all people created in the image and likeness of God. Mary experienced the injustice against her son but she also recognized the immense love that her son has for all. May we pray that she would, as our Blessed Mother, recognize that same love for others in each one of us. Holy Mary, Mother of God, teach us your tender way to end the sin of racism. Mother of the Divine Grace, pray for us. Mental Health, a reading from the Gospel of John. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, 
they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, what business do you have with me, woman? My hour has not yet come. And his mother said to the servants, whatever he tells you, do it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Christ. At the wedding, I knew that the bride and groom and their parents were so upset that their hospitality was going to run out. And what would they do? How would they even be able to look at their family and friends if the celebration had to end because of someone's poor estimation? I knew that Jesus could help. On behalf of the family, I went to him and whispered in his ear what was needed. He listened with his heart. He understood the circumstances and blessed them all. The intercession of Mary is one of the most beautiful gifts that God has given to us. She is our mother. And we all need someone that can speak for us when we are in the midst of a struggle, whether it be physically, spiritually, mentally. There are many people in our lives that are affected by mental illness and need someone to intercede on their behalf. Most people not knowing how to help or perhaps out of fear will look the other way. The mentally ill may be falsely judged as weak or lazy or responsible for causing their illness. Each one of us as messengers of God's love has the capacity to create positive encounters that can help reaffirm another's dignity and lighten his or her burden, especially in how we speak and act. And as we live out our call to respect the sacredness and dignity of every human life, let us keep in our awareness and prayer all who struggle with mental health concerns. May we follow Mary's example of asking Jesus to bless those in need and to fill our hearts with loving compassion for all. Creating a culture of respect and attentiveness is incredibly life-affirming. In some cases, we may be even helping to save a life. Holy Mary, Mother of God, teach us your tender way to intercede for the mentally ill. Mary, Consoler of the Afflicted, pray for us. Disability, a reading from the Gospel of Matthew. Departing from there, he went into their synagogue. And a man was there whose hand was withered. And they questioned Jesus, asking, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath, so that they might bring charges against him? But he said to them, What man is there among you who has a sheep? And if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will he not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable then is a person than a sheep? So then, It is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. 
my son, teaching at every moment. He loved to turn the tables on those who tried to trip him up. Healing on the Sabbath? Praying for someone with a disability? Of course they could have relate to him saving an animal from a pit, but saving a person? Jesus recognized the dignity of every single person, with or without a disability or challenge, and by his example, shows us to do the same. His love is more than far-reaching. It is universal and complete. He taught us by his doing and his being for others. Imagine that you are the person standing before Jesus, asking to be healed and you are sent away. Imagine for a moment how that may feel. Our faith gives us the trust in knowing that Jesus would never send us away. But unfortunately, we are living in a society that often fails to respect the dignity of others, whether they are disabled or not. A broken society is created by broken people, and we are all broken in some way. Not all disabilities are visible. Jesus knows this and loves us anyway. Concern for people with disabilities was one of the prominent notes of Jesus's earthly ministry. Jesus revealed by his actions that service to and with people in need is a privilege and an opportunity as well as a duty. He is looking for hearts that are kind and compassionate and have the ability to love and respect others as he does. If we allow him, our brokenness and disability can teach us empathy, which creates an amazing gift in us to recognize the dignity of the human person. When we extend our healing hands to others, we are oftentimes healed ourselves. Our defense of life and rejection of the culture of death also requires that we acknowledge the dignity and positive contributions of our brothers and sisters with disabilities. Holy Mary, Mother of God, teach us your tender way of seeing the hearts of those with a disability. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. The Dignity of Life, a reading from the Gospel of Matthew. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, 
for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For in this same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to to you, you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. My son speaks his heart. He uses the word blessed in all in all these life circumstances because he recognizes the holiness in each one. Blessed are those, blessed are they, blessed, blessed, blessed. No matter what we go through, my son is always encourages people to turn it into prayer. Do we hear what he is saying? In this beautiful scripture, Jesus teaches us about the dignity of life, of all life. Blessed are all who suffer, who are poor, who are persecuted. In a throwaway culture, a culture which is increasingly devaluing life, we must continue to stand strong in the defense of all life. Throughout his pontificate, Pope Francis has often shared a deep tenderness towards humanity especially the elderly, the imprisoned, those with disfiguring disabilities, the unborn, and many others through his actions, his humility, his warmth and compassion. His examples of reaching out challenges all of us to see the human dignity of each and every person, no matter who they are, where they come from, or what they have. In his words, Even the weakest and the most vulnerable, the sick, the old, the unborn, and the poor are masterpieces of God's creation made in his own image, destined to live forever and deserving of the utmost reverence and respect. As St. John Paul II wrote in Evangelium Vitae, the Gospel of Life, He said to celebrate the gospel of life means to celebrate the God of life, the God who gives life. In every child which is born and in every person who lives or dies, we see the image of God's glory. So we celebrate this glory in every human being, a sign of the living God, an icon of Jesus Christ. Mary was blessed to be present to hear Jesus proclaim and lived these truths. She too lived her life on earth as a witness to the dignity of life. Today we also have the opportunity to witness Jesus' words. Read these scriptures slowly. Let it settle into your heart and become the foundation of your life. Like Mary, you too can be a witness to the dignity of life. Proclaim this good news. Holy Mary, Mother of God, teach us your tender way of preserving the dignity of life. 
Our Lady, Queen of all saints, pray for us. Violence, a reading from the Gospel of Matthew. And while he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, came accompanied by a large crowd with swords and clubs, who came from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he who was betraying him gave them a sign previously, saying, Whomever I kiss, he is the one. Arrest him. And immediately Judas went up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. But Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you have come for. Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and arrested him. And behold, one of those who were with Jesus reached and drew his sword and struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place, for all those who take up the sword will perish by the sword. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This night was like no other. A holy and sacred feast of Passover, turning into a passing over of a different kind. The first visible sign to the community of Jerusalem was this angry crowd who came accusing and not listening, who came with a predetermined action of violence, ready with weapons and hostility, all aimed against one man, my son, Jesus. However, not just for him, but also for what he represented to them and the fear that it stirred in their hearts. Violence begets violence. And even one of Jesus' followers reacted in such a way out of fear and defense until Jesus explained, those who take the sword will perish by the sword. He showed an unfaltering sense of peace even while looking into the face of such growling anger. Just as Mary witnessed the violence against her son, we have also witness violence and unrest in our history down to our present times. Our families are torn by violence. Our communities are destroyed by violence. Our faith is tested by violence. And we have an obligation to respond. Violence in our homes, our schools and streets, our nation and world is destroying the lives dignity and hope of millions of our sisters and brothers. And our society seems to be growing numb to human loss and suffering. Judas was well aware of Jesus' commandment to love one another. He could not overcome the influence of a few people enslaved by fear. His own brokenness caused him to betray Jesus. And from the words of confronting a culture of violence, a Catholic framework for action, the pastoral message of the U.S. Catholic bishops, we hear these words. We can turn away from violence. 
we can build communities of greater peace. It begins with a clear conviction, respect for life. Respect for life is not just a slogan or a program. It is a fundamental moral principle flowing from our teaching on the dignity of the human person. It is an approach to life that values people over things. Respect for life must guide the choices we make as individuals and as a society. What we do and won't do, what we value and consume, whom we admire and whose examples we follow, what we support and what we oppose. Respect for human life is the starting point for confronting this culture of violence. We must proclaim with, con with all the conviction of my faith in Christ and with an awareness of my mission that violence is evil, that violence is unacceptable as a solution to problems, that violence is unworthy. Violence is a lie, for it goes against the truth of our faith, the truth of our humanity. Society cannot tolerate an ethic which uses violence to make a point, settle grievances, or get what we want. But the path to a more peaceful future is found in our rediscovery of personal responsibility, respect for human life and human dignity, and a recommitment to social justice. The best anecdote to violence is hope. And in recognizing and accepting that we're all different and unique, yet all created in the image of God, we need not fear our differences. Help us, Jesus, to replace our fear and anger with love and respect for all. Let us all answer the call to be communicators of hope and peace. May we hear and act with new urgency on the words of Jesus. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Holy Mary, Mother of God, teach us your tender way of finding peace in the midst of violence. Mary, Queen of Peace, pray for us. death penalty, a reading from the Gospel of Mark. And then the high priest stood up and came forward and questioned Jesus, saying, Do you not offer any answer for what these men are testifying against you? But he kept silent and did not offer any answer. Again the high priest was questioning him and said to him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed One? And Jesus said, I am. And you shall see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Tearing his clothes, the high priest said, What further need do we have of witnesses? You have heard the blasphemy. How does it seem to you? 
and they all condemned him as deserving of death. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, to you Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Deserving to die? My son? For what reason? For telling them the truth they could not bear and could not understand. I could sense the fear. It was palpable, and it was like you could almost smell it. It rushed through the crowds, and those in authority, and made everyone react from their gut and not their hearts. Ending a life is never what my son lived, taught, or promoted. Ending a life is taking their dignity and their humanity from them. It is taking control over a life. It is condemning another person to an ultimate act of violence, the exact opposite of what my son lived. He came to give life. What does it mean to be people of life, to be pro-life? We believe in a consistent ethic of life, that life is sacred from conception to natural death. In being pro-life, we believe that there is an inherent dignity of each person given by God that cannot be taken away regardless of the actions of the person. The death penalty or capital punishment violates this consistent ethic and does not conform to our pro-life teaching. The Catechism of the Catholic Church states, the death penalty is inadmissible because it is an attack on the inviolability and dignity of the person. It has been proven time and time again that many prisoners on death row are innocent of the crime in which they have been accused. In this situation, the use of the death penalty is taking an innocent life. The state has a right to hold people accountable who commit crimes. According to Catholic teaching, those guilty of the criminal uh, those those guilty of the criminal act must be treated respectfully and respecting their inherent dignity. Jesus was innocent, and his accusers rushed to deny his dignity by condemning him to death. But his response was forgiveness. Use of the death penalty is inconsistent with Jesus' own example of forgiveness that offered hope and the possibility of conversion. Putting human beings to death is a rejection of hope toward the condemned persons, and it may deny them the opportunity to move from sin to repentance. The gospel proclaims that even the most hardened sinner is a person to be redeemed rather than destroyed. And the death penalty is inconsistent with the biblical vision of human beings as worthy of love regardless of their merits, and is inconsistent with our belief that as Christians, our response to the love of God, saving us through Christ, is shown to be effective in our love and service to our neighbor. Because every person is truly a visible image of the invisible God and a brother or sister of Christ, 
Therefore, within every person is God himself. And God's absolute demand for justice and love. Holy Mary, Mother of God, teach us your tender way of condemning the death penalty. Our Lady, Refuge of Sinners, pray for us. Suffering, a reading from the Gospel of Mark. And they compelled a passerby coming from the country, Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to, to you, you, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Standing in the crowd of onlookers, I saw my own son, so weak and so torn apart. He had been beaten, spat upon, tortured, and it seemed as though I could see the life draining from him with every step he took. He kept going. He did not give up, no matter how much he was suffering. Finally, when he fell, the soldiers grabbed an onlooker, someone from out of town, to help him carry the cross. The time of day was getting shorter, and this needed to be completed. Everyone could see Jesus was suffering, but all were too afraid to reach out, or too angry to notice or care. Looking back at how my son lived his life, he, he had cared for the sick and all who were suffering with any kind of concern, physical, mental, or spiritual. He did everything he could to be with them in their moments of need, but no one is willing to show him the same respect and love but Simon. Simon helped carry the cross and walked beside him, not taking the cross away, but journeying by my son's side. Suffering is a human or is a universal condition that all persons face at some time in their life. It cannot be avoided. So many people fear suffering, especially when it affects them or someone they love. It often makes us feel helpless, and many people will deny its existence or, or try to medicate it. This impacts the sacredness and the dignity of the human person, and it can lead to lo loneliness and isolation and feeling abandoned and forgotten. At times, it seems easier to walk away from our own suffering than to embrace it, or to walk away from the suffering of others rather than being a part of their journey. For people of faith, all suffering is a place of union with Jesus Christ on the cross. And the cross of Christ not only is the redemption accomplished through suffering, but also human suffering itself has been redeemed and therefore should not be feared or rejected, but seen as a place of union. 
Mary was unable to relieve her son's suffering, yet she stayed nearby, watching and praying. She too was in union with her son at that moment. She also witnessed Simon lovingly lift the cross from Jesus' shoulder and accompany him in his suffering. You know, suffering which is present under so many different forms in our human world is also present in order to unleash love in the human person. In this case, Simon's love. This act of love upheld the dignity of Jesus in his most vulnerable state. The elderly, the suffering, the dying in our community are deserving of the utmost respect, love, and compassion until the moment that Jesus walks them to their eternal home. Jesus himself is present in this suffering person, but he is also present in those who are willing to be the Simons in our world, who are also sharers in Christ's sufferings. May we be a Simon in our world who compassionately walk with the suffering every day. Holy Mary, Mother of God, teach us your tender way to comfort the suffering. Our Lady of Perpetual Help, pray for us. Adoption, a reading from the Gospel of John. So when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her into his own household. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. With the last moments of his life, my son was thinking of me. His love and concern for me was spilling from his heart, just like his blood that was spilling from his body. In a time when he was in agony on that cross, knowing he had very little time left, he spent those moments thinking of my welfare and my well-being for the future. He made sure I was going to be cared for and that I would not be alone. His life meant more to me than anything, yet in the moment he said to his friend who stood with me and myself, Woman, behold your son and behold your mother. I felt this moment that was spoken quietly on a hill while he was dying was meant for more than just the three of us. In the Gospel of John, Jesus teaches us that greater love has no man than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Jesus offered the ultimate act of love by dying to save us. 
In the midst of his suffering, Jesus taught us another lesson in love. He loved his mother Mary so much that he wanted her to be safe and cared for by someone he trusted. So he gave his mother a son. He gave John and us a mother. Adoption is also a deep act of love. Those facing an unexpected pregnancy and considering the option of adoption are to be greatly respected and supported in this vital decision. The church and her service providers are in a position to offer guidance to these women about adoption so that they can choose life by willingly placing their child into the arms of another. There is no greater love than this. Adoption is a gift to the child who receives a new family, to new parents who receive a child to love and to raise, and to the biological parents who, in self-sacrificing love, have done all they can to provide their son or daughter with a good home and a bright future. Adoption also benefits society by contributing to a culture of life in which the inherent dignity of every child is recognized. Holy Mary, Mother of God, teach us your tender way to choose life by choosing adoption. Our Lady of Bethlehem, pray for us. Grief, a reading from the Gospel of Luke. And a man named Joseph, who was a member of the council, a good and righteous man, he had not consented to their plan in action, a man from Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who was waiting for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. And he took it down and wrapped it in a linen cloth and laid him in a tomb cut into the rock where no one had ever lain. Now the women who had come with him from Galilee followed, and they saw the tomb and how his body was laid. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I had no idea how much grief can change a person and change in the circumstances. My beautiful son, Jesus, suffered the worst kind of death, and now the pain and bleeding are over. Death has taken him from this earth. My sadness at this separation is so intense, I find it hard to breathe and even to think. I had no idea what to do next, and this man from out of town offered to bury him in a new tomb. What an act of kindness and respect for my son's life, and now his lifeless body. Separation is more sorrow than I can bear, and I don't want to leave his side. The last day has been a blur, and I can only imagine what the future will bring. There has to be more than this. 
Mary's witness of grief is the same as we feel today at the death of someone we love. We have all known the relentless pain and sadness, the exhaustion and numbness that she has described. When we are in the midst of this kind of pain, it is oftentimes difficult to know where to turn or what to do next. The support of the church and community is vital during this time. What is important is to help the dying to understand and to feel they are not alone. It is a tremendous gift to befriend someone who is dying. Whenever you bring life and death together, it enhances life. So often have I heard people who were with someone dying say, oh, it was such a beautiful experience for all of us. What a grace. When a person is dying and admitted into hospice care, the priority of the team is to provide a peaceful, respectful, and dignified end of life experience. Once death has occurred, their priority shifts immediately to the person's loved ones to provide them with the support needed to grieve and to heal from their loss. The grieving family needs the support of a loving community around them. In our fractured world, this is not always the case. This doesn't always happen. You and I, we are all called to share mercy to others. Mercy is this care given with love and compassion. Just as Joseph of Arimathea offered to Mary in her time of need, we can always lean on Mary in our grief as she knows just what is needed to comfort us. She is our mother of mercy. Holy Mary, Mother of God, teach us your tender way to share for, care for those who are grieving. Our Lady of Sorrows, pray for us. The Sanctity of Life, a reading from the Gospel of Mark. Now after he had risen early on the first day of the week, he first appeared to Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went and reported to those who had been with him while they were mourning and weeping. And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they refused to believe it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Jesus is alive. My son who died on a cross just days ago is alive. God, what is this plan? His holiness and life became overwhelming. Holiness and death and now life again? This is hard to believe, but I have seen God's hand on my son his entire life, and this is no exception. His rising from the dead is a miracle to us, but is who he is, the Son of God, whose death came to save many people. His death and his rising from the dead show us all that life is valued and holy and comes from God. 
The sanctity of life is present from the beginning of life to the end and beyond, from womb to tomb, from conception to natural death, and in every moment in between. 25 years ago, St. John Paul II wrote that the gospel of life is at the heart of Jesus' saving message to the world. In taking on human flesh, dwelling among us, and sanctifying his very life for our redemption, Christ has revealed the profound dignity of every human person. This God-given dignity does not change with our stages of life or abilities or level of independence or any other circumstance. Our existence as humans is rooted in the fact that each of us is made in the image and likeness of God, created to share in the very life of God himself. We also share in the responsibility to ensure that the sanctity of human life is protected. St. John Paul II elaborates on this responsibility in his 1988 apostolic exhortation, the vocation and mission of the lay faithful in the church and in the world. He wrote this, the inviolability of the person, which is a reflection of the absolute inviolability of God, finds its primary and fundamental expression in the inviolability of human life. Above all, the common outcry, which is justly made on behalf of human rights, for example, the right to health, to home, to work, to family, to culture, is false and illusory if the right to life, the most basic and fundamental right, and the condition of all other personal rights is not defended with maximum determination. Holy Mary, Mother of God, teach us your tender way of witnessing to and fighting for the sanctity of life. Mary, cause of our salvation, pray for us. Evangelization, Witness to Life, a reading from the book of Acts. When they had entered the city, they went up to the upstairs room where they were staying. That is Peter and John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. All these were continually devoting themselves with one mind to prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Together we all huddled in the room, the same room that Jesus and his friends had celebrated Passover. Now we are crippled with fear not knowing what was to happen to us. Our grief had turned into joy and then to astonishment and confusion. We all trusted in the truth that my loving son told us about not being left alone. But what did that mean? Of course we had each other, but sitting in this room 
praying and supporting each other in the message. Was this what Jesus' life was teaching us, was to have us do? Then the day that the love of Jesus and God our Father, the Holy Spirit, came and enlivened our faith and encouraged us to speak in Jesus' name, we became one with a purpose, his beloved and blessed. His words became our own. I watched his friends become courageous and grow in holiness. My beautiful son lives on. His message did not get lost. It has only become stronger. May our words of life be tender and be bold for the weak and the strong are made whole in Jesus. From the beginning, as we read in the book of Genesis, God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. He has breathed his very life into us. And as Jeremiah says, the word of the Lord came to me. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I dedicated you. A prophet to the nations, I appointed you. Jesus has taught us how to love one another as he loves. In that upper room, Mary and the apostles all huddled together, received the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and then were sent into the world to be the living presence of the risen Lord, proclaiming the gospel of life and love and mercy. You and I, we too have received the same gifts of the Holy Spirit that encourage and strengthen us to witness our faith to those seeking the truth. We believe that all life is a gift from God and is sacred and inviolable. Actively living our faith in Jesus Christ enables others to see the fruit and the sign of his love. A deep and intimate relationship with Jesus and the grace of the Holy Spirit allows us or helps us to see the dignity and face of Christ in every person so that in turn we seek ways to cherish and protect life. Our Blessed Mother, because she was the first disciple, was the first witness to the dignity of the human person and she teaches us wisdom and how to love as she does. St. John Paul II points out in Evangelium Vitae, Mary's consent at the Annunciation and her motherhood stand at the very beginning of the mystery of life, which Christ came to bestow on humanity. Through her acceptance and loving care for the life of the incarnate word, human life has been rescued from condemnation to final and eternal death. She is the incomparable model of how life should be welcomed and cared for. So we ask the Holy Trinity and Our Lady to guide and encourage us to give witness to life and offer unconditional love to all. Friends, we stand together to protect and respect the dignity of all life.
Holy Mary, Mother of God, teach us your tender way to be a witness to life. Sanctuary of the Holy Spirit, pray for us. Just wisdom. 
Teach us love.